Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here for another fantabulous podcast. Uh, Today I wanted to talk about the fucking statues. God, the statues. They're so dumb. Um, The thing about the statues is is that they are a part of the overarching uh, mythos of QAnon that Black people have been tricked by evil Democrats to vote for them. And that if black people would only stop being tricked by evil Democrats and voting for them, then they would understand and figure out that the Democrats are the real racists. This is the whole point of their narrative. That good people of honest uh, faith and discernment can see through the lie of the Democratic Party and figure out that they are actually racist dickbags and that it is the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln, the party that freed the slaves, who has black people's interests at heart. Now, all of this requires being absolutely willfully ignorant of reality and just having an absolutely emphatic desire to pretend like what is happening right now is some sort of outside agitation, some sort of manipulation being done by unseen forces to uh, con the Black Lives Matter movement into uh, pushing for uh, change that basically doesn't need to happen. I mean, whenever you actually pin these people down on what is going on in America, police brutality and whatnot, will you? They will basically just tell you that uh, it's fake. It's bullshit. Um, 
so many people will tell you that like George Floyd was a false flag that he either didn't really die or that if he died he uh, willingly gave his life uh, in service to the cabal to uh, help further their sinister agenda of uh, defeating Donald Trump and uh, destroying America. And this is what's really uh, very funny, is that you would think that if the Republican Party was the party for civil rights, uh, in favor of um, equality, and they wanted to hear out Black Lives Matter and address their concerns you would think that they would just do so. I mean, you have these protests happening, and you have the Democrats saying, we are listening, we want to do the things you're asking us to do, like uh, banning chokeholds, defunding uh, defunding police departments, retraining body cameras, the removal of qualified immunity... I mean, there's there's so many possibilities. There's so many different ways that we could go about trying to fix the system. And the Democratic Party seems receptive to trying things. Meanwhile, the Republican Party, uh, a few days ago, I believe, uh, Mike Pence was uh, being interviewed, and he was basically like put on the spot to uh, say Black Lives Matter, and he wouldn't do it. He was like, all lives matter. And it's really just crazy that they can't even give a, they can't even give a crumb in this situation. And you would think again that all uh, Trump would have to do is accede to their requests to uh, do these reforms, to have the Department of Justice arrest the cops that, that killed Breonna Taylor, and. Uh, all of these other things, all these other crimes, that he would make it uh, his priority to do these things, to show the black community that he's on their side, that he supports them, that he trusts them, and that he is willing to work hard to get their vote. And he doesn't, but Democrats are the real racists. Democrats are the bad guys. And you spin this out even further because, you, again, these people have to come up with cockamamie, acidine, ridiculous uh, ways to explain themselves. You get back to the statues and they will say, oh, the Democrats want to take down the statues because they're a reminder of the Democrats' racist past. They're trying to hide the truth about uh, the fact that the Democrats were the party of the KKK. The Democrats were the party of slavery. They don't want people to know that, and they're taking down the statues to hide that fact. And, again, the Democrats being the party of slavery and the Ku Klux Klan is not a secret. This is basic history. Everyone knows this. Dinesh D'Souza got paid a lot of money to make this lie, and QAnon makes this lie for free because they are just dumb, hateful bigots that really want to uh, spin the situation. They really need to figure out a way to explain why they want to keep these terrible statues that are testaments to white supremacy upright and standing. They want to explain why we have to keep the statues in place. And 
to hear them say it, it's because we need massive, giant uh, statues to remind people that Democrats were racists 150 years ago. That that stain will never be lifted from the Democratic Party. And in some ways, it probably shouldn't. I mean, that's just kind of a thing that is a part of our life and a part of our history. But really, I mean, uh, both parties have the history of slavery because America has a history of slavery. America has a history of racism. Uh, the only party that was kind of not very slavey was the Federalist Party because it was literally just the party of like John Adams and Alexander Hamilton. I don't remember if Hamilton was a slaver or not, but the gist of the situation was is that Washington was a slaver Adams became the second president, one of our only uh, founding fathers that was not a slaver. And then he lost to Jefferson, and Adams's power was waning at that point. And on top of that, then Hamilton got killed in the duel. So the Federalist Party basically collapsed. And we had a period of time in America where we kind of really didn't even have two parties, the uh, party of power was the Democrat-Republican party, and just other people would kind of just like throw shit at a wall in an effort to uh, fight them. And you had uh, Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe all serve two terms each. And the thing is, is that um, Jefferson fucked over one of his main uh, allies in the campaign against Adams, and that guy came out and said, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Jefferson has been raping one of his slaves and has illegitimate children with her, and uh, this is a thing that I know about. And when confronted with these allegations, Jefferson said nothing, and he still got reelected. And you would think that uh, Mrs. Oh, God, I cannot say that word, but intermingling of the races, which was taboo and forbidden, and we had to have loving versus Virginia to get rid of it. Mrs. Gagation, there you go. I tried. I tried and I failed horribly, but um, you would have thought that like that would have been his political uh, death blow, not addressing this uh, scandal it, that he was fathering children with a slave. But uh, there was really no political force that existed uh, outside the Democrat-Republican Party at that time, so he just won re-election because no one was really running against him. No one had the uh, standing or gravitas to do so. And then, eventually, the Whig Party got formed as an opposition party to the Democrat-Republicans, who at that point dropped the second part of their name and just became the Democrats. And then the Whigs, uh, and this was the thing, this is history lessons from poker and politics, but this was the thing, is that the Whigs and the Democrats could not work out any way to govern America under slavery. It was this huge problem because the North wanted to try to stop the spread of slavery, and the South wanted to expand it as much as humanly possible. So you would have a president get in, try to uh, come up with a solution, fail, because there was no solution that would ever be uh, possibly accepted by both parties, 
and then they would have expended all their political capital in this uh, horribly failed project, and then um, you'd go to the next president who would be similarly destroyed by the issue of slavery. James Buchanan, our 15th and perhaps worst president of all time, uh, he got the job because he was an ambassador to England, and thusly he was out of the country and no one could pepper him about slavery. And going into that election, the Dred Scott ruling was a thing that was coming, and people knew that that case had happened, and... Buchanan's whole thing was, well, once Dred Scott is ruled, then slave, the question of slavery will be solved in America for forever. And then the Supreme Court came down and said, slaves are totally screwed. Go to hell, slaves. Boom. Nailed it. And the North was like, no, that is, no, no, hard pass. We are not cool with that. And the South was like, yeah, slavery forever. And... Then uh, the North got really angry, and the Republican Party, having been formed, started to slowly uh, gain power and started to grow. And the Democrats were now, like, they, the Northern Democrats were not really in favor of slavery. The Southern Democrats were in favor of slavery. And the Democratic Party, like, splinters into all these different little shards, and the Republicans nominate Lincoln, and boom, he wins. And then we have a war, and all the Southern people get brutally murdered so that we can end slavery forever. Uh, parentheses, do not actually end slavery for forever. Um, so, what happens in this whole kerfluffle is that you have uh, the Whig Party destroyed by slavery, you have the Democratic Party poisoned by slavery, and the Whigs joined up with a bunch of other anti-slavery movements to form the Republican Party, and it was the opposition party to the Democrats who couldn't even like figure out which way they were going. They were all over the place. And the Democrats were a national party that uh, had reach across the entire country. So when the Civil War happened, it was really a section of the Democratic Party that seceded. There were anti-war Democrats in the North, and there were pro-war Democrats in the North. They were called Copperheads, I believe. Uh, I may have gotten that wrong, but uh, the the Democratic Party existed in many facets at that point in time, and what happened was, when the war was over, the uh, Democratic Party didn't think to themselves, well, we got to rename ourselves, because the stain of slavery is uh, too bad. It's a problem for us. Democrats were just sort of like, well, we're the Democrats, and that's just what we are. Um, the Copperheads were anti-Civil uh, War. So, yeah. Correction. Wikipedia for the save. But um, you had this party that was torn apart by this, and also the problem uh, beyond that was the fact that the Democratic Party in the South was very happy with what they were and who they were. They were very happy being the uh, party of racist white people and the party of white supremacy. And they ruled the South as a block for a hundred years or more after the Civil War because they catered to the racists. And 
what we think of as, as the parties nowadays is not what the parties were in the 1960s. In the 1960s, you actually did have uh, liberal Republicans and conservative Democrats. You actually did have broadband uh, like political spectrums inside both of, in both the parties. And the 1964 Civil Rights Act was a North versus South battle. It was not a Democrat versus Republican battle. And when the uh, civil rights movement, it, uh, when the when the bill passed, and so on and so forth. When the parties realigned and the South became Republican and um, the Democrats became the party of civil rights and the party of minority rights, that change was also uh, followed by polarization of the two parties and the Republicans becoming a rigidly right-wing conservative party and the Democrats being a center-left party. Although the Democrats have managed to like make inroads into red states, like Joe Manchin in uh, West Virginia, John Tester in Montana, uh, Kristen Sinema in Arizona, I mean, this is the thing: is that you have that kind of uh, reach, you have that kind of thing where people have won elections recently. The only Republican senator left in New England is Susan Collins, and she's been there for forever. So she's like she's riding the whole institution thing, and uh, the polling ain't looking good for her right now. And I hope I hope it continues on that trend because uh, she's a bad luck for Maine, and she needs to be voted out. But uh, you had this uh, situation where the Democrats, being a national party, and also enjoying the fact that the brand of the Democrat was good in the South back then. They never just felt the need to get rid of that name. They never felt the need to be like, you know, that whole slavery thing was a bad look for us. And it wouldn't even matter if they changed their name because uh, bad faith arguing Republicans would still call them the party of slavery. There's no way to change that fact. But the truth is, is what happened uh, in the 1860s has very little bearing on what is happening today. And these people know that. They know that they're being disingenuous. They know that they're lying. And they also know that they are uh, being quite racist. I mean, you just look at the parties and you look at what has happened since the Civil Rights Act is passed. And they always have to erase LBJ from that equation. And they also have to uh, defile him and say that, oh, he personally was very racist. Oh, he... uh, said terrible things. He used the N-word all the time. He was a bad guy. But uh, his accomplishments really uh, make it so that it doesn't matter who he was as a person. Uh, you, There are people who will uh, argue endlessly that the Civil War was about states' rights and this, that, and the other thing, and they will tell you that the Emancipation Proclamation and all that were uh, military exigence that Lincoln did to uh, prevent France and Britain from entering the war, and that it was just uh, political cover. It was foreign policy. And the fact is, it doesn't matter why Lincoln did it. He did it. He freed the slaves. And that did make the war have an abolitionist tone to it, because uh, before that, it, the war was uh, reunifying the Union in the North. And that's this is the in 
that the state's rights arguing uh, scum who are disingenuous and arguing in bad faith like to use. The fact is, for the South, the war was always about slavery. Always, period. End of, end of sentence. But this issue, this uh, fight for civil rights, it became the Democrats' thing. It became their standard to bear. And what's going to be really funny in like 20, 30, 40 years when gay and trans rights are more accepted and it's very obvious that like being uh, about equality and tolerance will be uh, a net positive for anyone in politics. It will be funny how the Republicans lie about that because they were never on the side of gay rights ever. They don't have an Abraham Lincoln story. They don't have a uh, historical crutch to lean back on. They don't have any sort of way to bail themselves out of their terrible track record of oppressing people based off of sexual orientation or gender identity. They ridicule and mock these people. They foment hatred and distrust of them. They fight to make sure that they are denied rights. They were extremely angry about um, Roberts and the court ruling in favor of gay rights. They were very mad at Gorsuch, and they were just like, why did we even let Trump win if this is what we're going to get? How is this the payoff that we got for our hard work and diligent service on behalf of the God Emperor? I mean, this is the nature of who they are. They are hateful, they are bigoted, and they are all about maintaining white supremacy and white supremacy in the form of uh, straight, white, Christian, cisgendered males. That's who is their uh, constituents. Oh yeah, by the way, rich. Also, that's very important. Rich people. So, they just twist history, they distort the facts, they lie about everything. They will tell you endlessly that they are the ones about equality and inclusion, and then they will uh, turn around and talk about Barack Obama using the term Hussein, or they will talk about how Obama wanted to kill us all, and he was a monster. And it's just so ridiculous that they can try to like square that circle between those two things, where they have this uh, dumb hateful ideology in their heads about Obama bad or hate him so much but we're not racist, I don't know what you're talking about in any way, shape or form Oh, this, why do we want to keep those statues up? Oh, we want to keep those statues up to remind people of how the Democrats are racists did you know that the Democrats were the party of slavery and the KKK? I bet you didn't. They hide that from you. I, which is like so hilarious because every like five or so years there's a major production uh, movie about the Civil War or Abraham Lincoln, and it is very obvious who is what and what they are doing in that time period. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is really just so stunning the bad faith with which these people argue with. Every now and then people will be like, hey, poker, why do you deal with all this shit? And more importantly, how do you deal with it? How does it not just melt your brain? And my answer is that I know these people are lying. I know these people are arguing in bad faith. It is what they do. It is all they have is these terrible bad faith arguments. And as a result, it's really not that hard for me to be like, you know what? You're full of shit. Fuck you. I don't care. I'm not listening to this dumb crap you're spilling because you don't even mean what you're saying. You are objectively a bad person. So, uh, you've gotten about 22-odd minutes of delicious uh, stream of consciousness about racism, statues, and the civil rights movement in American history. Let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, the questions. Uh, Alex Andejas, a frequent questioner, says, Thoughts on Pizzagate trending on TikTok? Uh, I think it's kind of inevitable that this kind of stuff happens. Um... Oh, I completely forgot that I'm supposed to cover the 72 Q-drops. Okay, boom. Your question goes away. <laughs> 72 Q-drops. I forgot that was the point of this whole segment. So I got a couple Q-drops. Oh, man, you guys are going to get like a 45-minute podcast tonight, you lucky so-and-sos. Um, so, oh, and it's perfect because it goes right into Q-drop number nine because I stopped on eight last time. Uh, Q-drop nine. Projection. D's can't lose control over the black population. At some point, the Great Awakening will occur, whereby these false local national black leaders are corrupt and paid off to help keep the black pop, the black pop poor and in need. D's form the Confederate States against freeing slaves. D's form the KKK. Uh, HRC's mentor is who? What happens... If the truth about Haiti is released, do D's lose majority of the vote? Through the looking glass. They rely on MSM to keep the narrative going, but tech is entrenching on their controls. They missed this in 2016 and desperately attempting to censor now due to CIA cash infusions. This will fail. Uh, what's really funny here is... It's, it's all the same bullshit. It's just all the same bullshit that these people parrot. But also, like, Q is functionally illiterate at the end. I mean, it, it's just really stunning how poorly written this stuff is. Um, where he says, uh, the, uh, but tech is entrenching on their controls. He meant encroaching. And then, what does this sentence even mean? They missed this in 2016 and are desperately attempting to censor now Due to CIA cash infusions, are the CIA cash infusions forcing them to begin censorship? Are, isn't the CIA on their side? Are, uh, wouldn't they mean desperately attempting to censor it uh, with CIA cash infusions? Uh, this Q-drop also makes it seem like blacks voted in mass for Trump 
because they were able to get the word out. Uh, they were able to bypass the mainstream media and get the word out to black people that Democrats are the real racists. And uh, the blacks uh, heard this message and said, you know what? You're right. Democrats are the real racists. So uh, that's really hilarious. Uh, I mean, it's just so um, transparent. And also, again, like a few drops before, Q was just like all, oh, this isn't about D versus R, blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Democrats are the real racists, in case you were wondering. A Q drop 10. Remember the FBI and military intelligence have an open investigation into the Clinton Foundation? Why did Comey drop this? Who was the FBI director during the Haiti crisis? How many kids disappeared? How much money sent to Clinton Foundation under the skies of Haiti relief went to Haiti? What countries donated big money to Clinton Foundation and why? How much was owed by accepting? When she lost, how would this be repaid? What did Obama do with the cash just prior to leaving office? Repayments to those who donated for favors access? Dig! Uh, looks like six or five or six exclamation points. Again, good people were forced into bed with this evil under personal family threats. Could you live with yourself helping to cover up such evil, despicable acts if given a safe way out? These people worship Satan. Space underscore space. Some openly show it. Uh, again, this was uh, October 29, 2017. Q is telling you that the people, that the Clinton Foundation and the Satanists run by Obama and, and Soros and all the rest of them, they have a way out. They have a way to escape. Q is giving them the ability to testify and talk and free themselves of the oppression of the cabal. And now it's about three years later and nothing's happened. So maybe Q didn't offer them the greatest deal as he thought he did. Maybe Q needs to work on a little bit better on doing his job. Q drop 11. Key. Military intelligence versus FBI, CIA, NSA. This is hilarious because the NSA becomes the ultimate good guys soon thereafter. But here, they're just another bad three-letter operation. No approval or congressional oversight. State secrets have held under Supreme Court. Who is the commander-in-chief of the military. Uh, I don't know. Under what article can the president impose military intelligence takeover investigations for the three-letter agencies? What conditions must present itself? Why is this so very important? Who surrounds POTUS? This, they lost this very important power. Uh, space underscore space, the one area of government not corrupt and directly serves POTUS. So Q is working on a weird thing with the whole uh, space underscore space thing. He was really liking that little thing. He was like, "Man, this this looks powerful. This is this is cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this." And and again, he you can see the narrative shifting and transforming before our very eyes because uh, back then the NSA was bad, and soon the NSA becomes the good three letter agency, and everyone else is the bad three letter agencies. Um, 12, military intelligence ref above is the absolute biggest inside drop the board will ever receive. Now think about why Antifa plays right into this plan. Always ahead, good guys are winning. Key drop 13. I'm going to stop on 14 because 14 is one of the big ones. Uh, but 13 is really important. Now think about the timing of POTUS traveling to China, South Korea. I've said too much. God bless patriots. 
he's trying to leave. He's 13 posts into this thing, and he's already doing the, well, I've given you too much. I uh, need to get out of here. I've, I'm risking the mission by blabbing as much as I am, which is hilarious, because this is... Um, Q does this repeatedly in the first 72 drops, where he says he's leaving, and then he comes back. And you can just kind of tell that like, in the Discord chat, or in the Slack chat that they were having, that there was a faction of people that were like, look, this thing's getting so stupid and out of hand, we can't pay it off, there's, there's no good that can come of this, let's just get out of here, we've, we've done our LARP, we've had our fun. And then there's the other group saying, no, 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 just push it, just keep going, just keep going, just see how long we can keep conning these rubes. Just, let's just see how much hilarity we can uh, enjoy in all of this. And it's it's very funny that like this is like the dichotomy you can see between the two sides. Where you have uh, the people who are just like, oh, this is a bad idea. Versus the people who are like, push it, push it all the way to the top, baby. Um, Q-Drop 14. This one's long and this will be where I end. Because Q-Drop 15 is uh, a great one to start next time. 14. Uh, skiff. Why we're talking about skips, who knows? Military intelligence, what is state secrets and how upheld in the Supreme Court? He's just repeating himself. What must be completed to engage military intelligence over other three-letter agencies? What must occur to allow for civilian trials? Ah, the military tribunals. We're starting that shit. Why is this relevant? What is Flynn's background? Now we're getting into the Michael Flynn hero worship. Uh, what... Why did Admiral Rogers meet Trump privately without authority? Does POTUS know where the bodies are buried? Does POTUS have the goods on most bad actors? Was Trump asked to run for president? Why? By who? Was Hillary Rodham Clinton next in line? Was the election supposed to be rigged? Did good people prevent the rigging? Why has POTUS formed an investigation, a panel to investigate? 2016 it was rigged 2018 it was rigged but Q never shows us the rigging it's so funny that like they just don't ever get around to that has POTUS ever made a statement that did not become uh, proven as true fact that is hilarious I don't know uh, we got 15 cases and soon they'll be down to zero <laughs> that seems a little off uh, what is the one organization left that isn't corrupt? Why does the military play such a vital role? Why is POTUS surrounded by highly respected generals? Uh, who guards former presidents? Why is this relevant? Who guards Hillary Rodham Clinton? Why is Antifa allowed to operate? Why hasn't the Muslim Brotherhood been classified as a terrorist organization? What happens if Soros-funded operations get violent and engage in domestic terrorism? What happens if mayor's police comms Chiefs do not enforce the law. What authority does POTUS have specifically over the Marines? Why is this important? What is Mueller's background? Military? Was Trump asked to run for president with assurances made to prevent tampering? How is POTUS always five steps ahead? Who is helping POTUS? And this is Q is a military-run operation, and Flynn, Rogers, and Mueller are all a part of it. They're all good guys doing good things and that we're going to eventually uh, circumvent the Constitution and get martial law going so we can uh, crush the deep state and win. 
and you notice he's very repetitive. He just keeps repeating the whole thing about the generals and the state secrets and the military intelligence usurping the CIA. He's, he's just repeating himself. He's just beating these same things into the ground over and over again. And it's really uh, pathetic in a lot of ways. It's really, really sad. Um, but this is what you got. And this was so enrapturing for people. They were so engaged. This is a bit of world building, too, because it's just this big story about, oh, Trump was... We went to Trump begging and pleading him, oh, please, Donald, you're the only one that can save us, so you have to run for president with us. And this is a very ingenious little bit of storytelling as well, because it allows Q and QAnon to claim they were always on Trump's side, when in reality they only started posting a year after Trump was in office. And it makes this like really obvious that they are just sucking up to the current president, but instead, they're like, oh, no, 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 we helped get him elected. We were the ones uh, working behind the scenes to ensure his victory. And uh, it makes it, it's also very interesting because the most, uh, like, bootlicking, groveling, uh, kind of, like, def deferring to authoritarianism thing you can do is to be uh, slavishly devoted to the uh, ruler of a nation. And yet QAnon dresses this uh, authoritarianism in rebellion. It uh, dresses this whole thing up in a way that, like, we are fighting the real bad guys by uh, granting a dictatorial power to the good guy, which is nonsense. It's absolute insanity. Um, so, <laughs> we're, so that's the first 14 drops. Drop 15 is really awesome, and we'll get to that next time, and I will try to remember that I'm supposed to be doing that. <laughs> I only remembered it when I was reading through the questions, and I read what I actually said about what I was going to talk about. So, uh, now that is done, we'll get back to Alex and Dejas, who says, Thoughts on Pizzagate trending on TikTok? I don't think that you can ever avoid this kind of stuff from getting on social media and spreading. It is a brain worm. It is a virus. These conspiracy theories are going to be a part of society and they're going to be ever-present. There's just no uh, avoiding it. And uh, the fact that you have this uh, dumb crap on TikTok is just, it's just a sign that you're going to have this dumb crap everywhere always. Because... There's just no escaping it. I think that um, there will be kind of a uh, more... I, I think in a way, like, the Illuminati New World Order stuff is going to kind of, like, usurp QAnon, both at the end of the Trump regime, because without Trump, Q doesn't have a leg to stand on, and also because Q and QAnon are very based in Christianity, it's very religious, and younger people are less religious. So I think they need more of a sort of uh, like openly spiritual kind of setup. I mean, you can always have Satan being the big bad guy, but it's really hard to uh, rope agnostic, uh, new wave, uh, like hippy-dippy crunchy people, Wiccans... It's just really hard to get people that are trying to align their chakras to uh, buy into this, like, just hardcore evangelical Christianity that is the backbone of, of uh, QAnon. 
So, I think the audience for the conspiracy theories will shift. I think the conspiracy theory itself will shift, and it's going to be very interesting across the board. Um, uh, Alice Millard, uh, and again, one of my favorite questioners, says, uh, since you're covering the early drops, at what point do you think the original Q realized things were slipping beyond their control? Um, the answer to that is pretty much around the mid-50s of these Q-drops. I mean, Q did try to leave at Q-drop uh, 12 or 13, whatever it was I just said. But uh, I don't think at that point that they realized that they had kind of, like, uh, gotten too big for their britches. I think it was a bit later on when they realized that, like, they had talked a big game and now there was going to be no payoff. And then the other thing I think is just there was there was a moment when uh, the people that were doing this realized well, this is what we're doing that we are actually now running a uh, grift we're running a disinformation campaign this is an actual scam that is really being run by us and that we are now uh, legitimately bad people doing a bad thing at one point it stopped becoming a joke and it started becoming evil and. Um, I don't think that they really uh, minded that much when they turned that corner. Uh, again, when I get to those drops later on, because like there's there's drops because because again when this all happens, Q sets a really tight deadline because these posts are being made late October, and Q pretty much says this thing's going to be done in like four or five days. I mean, uh, it is done. It is. We are going to crush the deep state very quickly, and. Once it gets close, once the payoff is supposed to be like tomorrow, as it were, Q starts really. Uh, the the you can you can see the car shaking. You can tell that like the, the things are getting really rocky, and it's like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm gonna pull out. Ah! And um, Q says goodbye, cruel world, a few times, but they always come. They always come back, and they always just keep doing it. And then eventually. Once they got the big lie through once, once they got through not saving the world in QDrop 72, it was then that they realized, oh wait, our, our, our readership, our followers are fucking morons, and we can, we can just fucking piss on them, and they're never going to fucking walk away. We're always going to have a, a cadre of morons to just fucking uh, lie, lie to, just openly lie to and mock and ridicule, and they'll just keep eating shit. So hey, fuck it. Now we've got this thing going. Let's get uh, let's get praying medic and Joe M in the slack and start uh, working on plans to print some t-shirts and hats and start growing an audience. And just let's start making bank off this shit. Let's start, let's just start ruining lives to turn a profit. Let's just be terrible people. Uh, and and he also gives a follow up. You no good so and so getting two questions on me. Uh, in what ways do you think Q will affect politics a decade from now? Uh, I think that there'll be a voting block of nuts. And I think that in like blood-red districts like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, you're going to have people pandering to these nuts. You're going to have people saying, hey, insane people, I'm on your side. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So um, I think it's a problem. I think you're going to have... Uh, People going after a voting block of really bad people. Runs and Roses says, uh, which Jesus statue will Soros come for first? It's going to be all of them. It's going to be one devastating sweep across America 
and all the statues of Jesus will be gone, and they'll be replaced by statues to Moloch, Baal, and Lucifer. It's going to be great. You're just going to see nothing but satanic imagery as far as the eye can see. And when uh, people are like, hey, we have to take those uh, satanic statues down, they are uh, offensive and terrible, uh, I will say, no, we can't take them down because they are a reminder that Democrats are Satanists. And in order to tell the true history of the Democratic Party, we must keep the satanic statues up. And this would square exactly with what these assholes are talking about when it comes to their uh, Confederate statues. So uh, in order to be... uh, ideologically um, consistent they must keep the they must keep the satanic statues up so yes uh, Nicola with a uh, little daisy it looks like for on her name says where do these people chat about this stuff together like I know Q posts or whatever but where do the supporters all chat about their crazy ass ideas of each other nobody believes me when these people are actually real they think they are trolls or Russian bots uh, Kun has forums. Facebook is just crawling with QAnon forums. There's way too little policing of content in groups and social media, so they just get together and they just hang out in places and rile each other up and create an echo chamber. And then just make the echo chamber really loud and echoey. And, uh, finally, uh, Tom Glider says, looking forward to it, thanks, please touch on the veiled and overt racism and anti-Semitism that exists within QAnon. Well, that was most of my podcast tonight, so uh, I didn't get into the anti-Semitism so much. But uh, the anti-Semitism in QAnon is powerful and uh, overwhelming. Uh, Most recently, the pushing of George Floyd being a false flag crisis actor, or just deserving to be murdered. Uh, yep, they are. They, they done did do that, and uh, yeah, I covered most of this earlier. So yeah, um, finally he says, could you explain black pilled? Uh, black pilled is learning. Red pilled means you learn the truth about whatever it is, and like red pill again, it came from the Matrix, and it was actually a first thing done by like men's rights activists who basically said that when you get red pilled you realize that, like, the world has been designed for women to rule over you and and to enslave you, and that uh, you as a man need to just uh, rebel against that and fight against uh, the matriarchy. And also, uh, women are, like, dumb, horrible, awful creatures, and that you just need to learn certain codes to allow yourself to have access to their vaginas to have sex with them. And uh, that's another really kind of like a red pill thing. It's just like learning the secret ways to get laid. And um, then red pilling became part of QAnon, where you expose people to the truth that the world is run by uh, Luciferian baby eaters. But black pilling means that you figure out that it's all pointless, that there's like no like way to win. Uh, like, in, in the incel community, like, getting red-pilled is, like, finding out all these different things, and, like, also red-pilling in the incel community is, like, again, learning how to get laid, learning how to not be an incel anymore, and the black-pilling is, like, finding out you'll never get laid. The black-pill is you are too ugly, you are too stupid, you are just so gameless and char- charisma-free 
that the chads will always get all the ladies and you will never get a lady. So just like give up and accept your defeat. And like a black pilling and QAnon would be basically like Q is bullshit. Uh, Trump is not on our side. We're fucked. The cabal is going to win. We're doomed. That would be a black pill in QAnon is where you just like come to grips with the fact that like the true truth, the truth beyond the red pill is that the red pill is a lie and the black pill the pill of nihilism and despair and defeat is the truth. And so, like, and obviously, uh, it's just, like, negativity and misery and sadness. So that's what getting black-pilled means. It means you just get fed up and you realize everything's bullshit and that you, in your current state of affairs, are fucked and you will never uh, get unfucked. So, um... That's that. That is the incredibly uplifting uh, note on which I end this podcast. So I'll be back uh, Thursday night for more fun and frivolity. Uh, Have a good one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.